All right, how's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders, where we talk to founders about their companies, their visions for the future, and how the two collide. Today, I'm very excited to be talking to Egino Cafiero, who's the co-founder of Bear Flag Robotics. Welcome to the show. How's it going? Thanks, Matt. Pleasure to be here. Yeah, excited to have you on and learn more about what you are working on. For people that haven't heard of it, what is Bear Flag Robotics? Yeah, so the simple sort of, you know, one-liner for Bear Flag is we build autonomous technology for farm tractors. So we don't build the tractors themselves. We build the technology that goes on them. So walk me through a little bit of if someone was to hear about this for the first time, um, they want to learn more about like what the company does or who it serves and kind of what the user experience is like if they were to interface with the software. Can you kind of go a little deeper into kind of what it's like to potentially work with Bear Flag Robotics? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, when you when you look at agriculture, there's some you know, major trends going on. And I'll, I'll be brief here, Matt, but um, the first and foremost, probably the most acute pain that, you know, farm, farmers and growers feel is this labor crunch. You know, there's this misconception in agriculture that there's this abundance of labor and that, you know, if someone were to quit or leave, you know, your farm, there's this long line of um, workers just like ready to go right outside the gates of the farm. And that just couldn't be further from the truth. You know, finding qualified folks who um, understand the operation, show up on time or easy on the equipment, um, you know, dependable, reliable. These are these people are harder and harder to find. And so what Bear Flag does is we come in and we help automate a lot of the most common um, applications for tractors on farms. So right now we're doing tillage. We can do all sorts of types of tillage, everything from you know deep ripping to a uh, bed setup, for example, which are things that you know growers really care about. And we help augment their labor force um, by automating um, these tasks. So walk me through a little bit about the the original story here. Why did you decide to start this? And you, you mentioned the problem. Why, why do you want to solve it? And, and what's the origin story here? Yeah, goodness. So I met my co-founder, Aubrey Donnellan, um, nearly 20 years ago at Carnegie Mellon. We're both engineers. Um, I was electrical and computer, and Aubrey was a mechanical engineer. And then after college, Aubrey went to go work in the space industry on augmented reality for satellite production lines. And she founded her first company, which was a venture-backed food tech IoT company while she was in business school at Chicago Booth. Uh, meanwhile, I went to Stanford for grad school in EE and founded my first company as I was leaving Stanford and then had the privilege of joining another startup, um, which had a big exit in 2013. And that really gave me the opportunity to think about what I wanted to do in the rest of my career and the impact that I wanted to have. I um, got an MBA at the Wharton School, but most importantly was spending time with my in-laws um, who live in rural Oregon my in-laws have a rock quarry, so they mine granite day in, day out. They have a very impressive operation, family-owned for several generations. And, um, you know, talking to them and, and working with them, um, you know, I, I understood a little bit more about what makes them tick and the challenges they face. So they run a tight operation. All their equipment's paid off. Um, you know, they're, they're, they're on top of the finances, but they just can't find labor at wages that make sense for the fundamental economics that their quarry was built on. And so as I started looking around other industries like trucking and mining and construction, um, even you know uh, marine applications, um, just set the, saw the same problems over and over again. Um, and at the time I, I got connected to a, a walnut grower here in Wheatland, California. And um, she, she, uh, you know, she reached out and we talked and she said, Gina, if you'd come up and spend a day with me on our orchard, I'd love to explain some of the problems in agriculture. And you know, I love to learn and was eager to talk to her about it in that day really changed the trajectory of, of my career, um, learning the ins and outs of what, um, you know, the, the, the struggles and the challenges um, that they face, you know, day in, day out. I mean, you know, summer of 2017, Aubrey and I just spent 
the whole summer talking to growers of every type. So if you name a crop, we talk to somebody who grows it, everything from, you know, sweet corn to wheat, alfalfa, soy to, you know, number two corn um, to citrus, tree nuts, um, produce, olives, like literally name a crop. We talked to somebody who's grown it, tobacco. And we started hearing um, the same sorts of stories over and over again, labor. And listen, the labor crunch looks different for different crops, but fundamentally at its core, we wanted to build a platform that would be accessible and have the most impact possible. And that's how we came up with a thesis for Bearflag. And as you kind of went down this journey, you all, you've obviously learned a ton, uh, you know, about markets and obviously, you know, everyone learns about company building when they, when they start one. So my question for you is what have been some of the biggest learnings you've come across as you've gotten started with Bearflag, um, you know, about anything you want, but what, what have been some things that you've learned? Yeah, goodness. Um, learn, learn lessons every day, right? Like make mistakes every day and try to be better tomorrow. There's, there's no shortage of mistakes or learnings that we've made. Matt, one of the coolest things about Bear Flag is, you know, we really have this intersection of so many different things. So uh, autonomous tractors are robotics, which is software and hardware, but half of our company is agriculture professionals because we have this massive operation side of our company too. And so the most exciting and the most challenging conversations I have are leading these, you know, different backgrounds of teams together. Like everyone's running towards the same goal, but everyone has different tools. Everyone's, you know, sharpened sharpen their axes in different ways throughout their careers. And so coming together is a huge opportunity for potential, but of course there's some communication challenges too. And the way that you know, our operations team is used to communicating is very different than the way that perhaps, you know, like our cloud infrastructure team is used to communicating. Um, and so that's one of the joys of the job is, is working on culture and um, bringing, bringing these people with different backgrounds together. And if you were to take kind of the, the team you've assembled and the team you will assemble and go five, 10, 15 years down the line, what would you say the big vision is for Better Flag Robotics? Or in other words, what's the vision and what direction are you rowing in every day? Yeah, absolutely. So the future we're building is one where agriculture service, you know, autonomous agriculture service is a ubiquitous to farms as software as a services to tech companies today. Um, you know, the, the way we operate is we combine hardware and software onto any piece of agricultural equipment to make it autonomous when it's plugged into our web-based infrastructure. And so the goal is really to command and control a global fleet of ag equipment. And we want to revolutionize the way people think about their equipment operations. The idea of, you know, going to work to, you know, plant crops would be inconceivable, you know, in traditional manned operations and bear flags are going to be a big part of that future. And in order to make that future happen, you'll need some help, right? It takes a village to make a startup work. So my question for you is how can the forward-thinking founders community help? Are you hiring, looking for capital, customers, partnerships? How can we assist? All, all, all the things, you know, we're always looking to grow our team with the best and brightest, most motivated people we can find. Um, you know, always looking for roboticists, folks with ag backgrounds, anyone passionate to really change the way that we grow food um, and you know, feed our world. And then if someone is interested um, and they want to dive in, learn more, how can they find you online? Do you have a website, social media presence, email? How can they get in touch? Absolutely. Bearflagrobotics.com. We have a careers page. Um, reach out. Um, I check that daily. Cool. Well, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Matt. All right. How's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders, where we talk to founders about their companies, their visions for the future, and how the two collide. Today, I'm very excited to be talking to Opwe Adei, who's the founder of OnePipe. Welcome to the show. How's it going? 
Thank you very much. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, excited to have you on. I'm looking forward to learning more about what you are working on at OnePipe. For people that haven't heard of your company, what are you working on? What is OnePipe? Yeah, so at OnePipe, we built this gateway that makes it easy for non-financial institutions to offer financial services to their customers. So think of it like uh, a cooperative union, for example, able to provide a special checking account to their customers. And upon steady usage of that uh, checking accounts, they are then able to offer credit products to the same set of customers, ATC. But that credit union doesn't have to worry about the regulatory overhead of what they have to do, the tech overhead of what they have to do. They just come to one gateway to get the APIs that make that possible. So what would, be an, what would be an example of like one or two products or one or two things someone could build on top of one pipe using the APIs? Um, just as someone who's not super technical, but just kind of general knowledge, what, what could be built on top of this? Yeah, so if you wanted to take uh, payments directly from your customers, directly from their bank accounts without going through the typical card rails or any one of those things, you could find APIs on one pipe to make that possible. Or... Uh, if you wanted to provide credit to your customers without having to do the underwriting, you will find APIs from OnePipe that makes that possible. And walk me through a little bit about the origin story here. Why did you decide to tackle this problem? And you know, why, what's the origin story for OnePipe? Yeah, so a little bit of it goes back to my most recent career stint. So I spent uh, 11 years in a company in Nigeria you may have heard of called Interswitch that grew really big. Uh, many startups wanted to partner with Interswitch and it became, it was known to be a difficult thing to partner with a large organization like Interswitch. Um, but I noticed a pattern during that period where a few of the startups that went through that pain uh, came out launching products that really made sense. Some of them grew really big uh, and very known names like Paystack and Flutterwave ended up part of that kind of um, partnership arrangement, at least in the early days. And then so, my idea on living in Touchwitch was what if we could make this easier for other people planning to do things like this going forward? What if we could take on that hustle of building the partnerships required to make the APIs they need to do the things easier? What if we could do some of that legwork and then provide a simpler, more uniform interface that anyone can then plug into to do what they have to do? So that's sort of the origin story. Uh, of course, it's been a mixed bag of execution that took us here. Uh, we pivoted like a couple of times, but here we are. I, I think yeah, we're finding it slowly. And then as you build this out, I'm curious, what have been a couple of things that you've learned? It could be from maybe from your, you know, one of your past companies or, you know, from this market or just, you know, kind of just being on the founder journey. What have been a couple of things you've come across uh, as learnings as, as you build this out? Yeah, so one of the things that I've learned is you really can't take away the impact of a team that is committed to a cause, right? So for me, the biggest lesson so far has been you can't do this alone. You need a team of people around you that are also plugged into the mission that you are pursuing. And in my view, I think that's one of the biggest lessons that I've taken, that find an early team, get them to face the same mission that you're facing. And I think that will prove invaluable much more than technology or any other thing. And then if you kind of were to, to look out, you know, many years, five, 10, 15 years, as you go on your mission, 
um, you know, to solve to solve a problem. I, I guess my question for you is, what does the uh, company look like then? Or in other words, what's the big vision here? And what direction are you rowing in here with OnePipe? Ha. So now you're going to have to permit me to rant off on a philosophical tangent, if you don't mind. Um, I believe that there's a future in which financial services can be totally redefined, where non-financial institutions are actually the ones offering financial services to their customers. So think of it as that large retailer that has put in so much effort in building loyalty with their customers. Think of it as say Google or Uber, whatever that organization is that has built a relationship with customers, they should be the ones providing financial services to those same customers. So I see that in five, seven, 10 years from now, the world should get to the point where core banking services as we know it today should be a commodity or a concentrate of sorts that non-financial institutions then mix together to offer what the individual actually needs. For me, that's the big vision, to get to the point where we can look at the world and say banking is totally redefined to something that suits Okwe's needs, something that suits Matt's needs, and Okwe and Matt's needs can only truly be understood by the people who are closer to us. Today, that closeness is not defined in a bank. Most banks are not that close to us. And in order to make the vision happen, I think it's a very exciting vision. You'll need some help, right? It takes a village to make yeah. a startup work. So my question for you yeah. is how, how can the forward-thinking founders community help you out? Are you hiring? Are you raising money, looking for customers or partners? You know, how can we assist? Yeah, that's actually a good one. So for me, it's the more we have people singing Kumbaya around this type of mission, the louder it gets, the more likely it can happen. So one of the things that I would love to lean in if we could get is some mechanism in which anyone who has opinions around banking as a service, embedded finance, uh, open banking, and is willing to contribute to a content series that we're coming up with, that will be very helpful. As long as you have a strong opinion about any of these topics, please hit me up. We'd like to publish your opinions. And let's say someone you know listening has those opinions, and I'm sure they do. How can they get in touch? Do you have a website? Do you have social media, an email address? You know, how can someone kind of learn more about OnePipe on the internet? Yeah, info at onepipe.io is how you eat us by email. And then the website is onepipe.io. That's it. Cool. Well, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me.